Welcome back to Life and Art with Nicole, and I'm your host, Nicole. I am so excited because my special guest today is Tara Whitney Rison. Tara is a good friend. She's also a health and wellness consultant and an actor, and we are going to chat about the most delicious things, so stay tuned. delicious it's so good I said delicious all of a sudden I was just like I don't know why I'm just thinking deliciously amazing conversation yeah right it is rich and delicious like yeah so um yeah so Tara you and I have been well we were in an acting class a long time ago that's how we met I know and so what's your what's your acting journey been? Because you don't live in North Carolina anymore. You live where do you even live? <laughs> I, I know, right? That, that's where it is. So like we we kind of have to roll back because yeah. I mean, last time I saw you was in North Carolina. Yeah, and yeah, we were taking acting class, and that was pre pandemic. Mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, uh, you know, when everything was shut down and people were laid off, we ended up, my husband and I, Greg, we moved to North Carolina. I'm sorry. We moved to Baltimore yeah, uh, and stayed with my aunt. Thankfully, like we had somewhere to go because a lot of people were leaving and didn't have places to go and they were getting laid off. So we had always talked about moving, but this was definitely a impromptu move because we almost didn't really have a choice because we just, we had to recuperate. Um, so yeah, I'm still living in Maryland, um, in the middle between Baltimore and DC now, because I actually just moved right outside of Baltimore, um, in Columbia, Jessup. And it's been, it's been amazing here. It's been, you wouldn't think that you'd be thriving in, in, in a pandemic, but I think that is where I have, and that's where I've landed. So I'm excited to be here. And I didn't get to mention to you, I'm, I'm also getting ready to assist and direct a show. A play. Yeah, oh my yeah. goodness. I know you, had, you and I had kind of ch- uh, chatted and we had run, you know, come across each other over the years as you've moved and I was kind of back and forth between North Carolina and Georgia. And, um, and, you know, we both kind of continued our acting, pursuing acting. And I know you were doing a lot of, I know you were doing a lot of stage work. So do you, are you still like, obviously you're about to uh, direct a play, right? Is that what you just said? And yeah. so, and you, how many plays have you done? in the past couple years? None actually. So really? yeah. So when I got here, I was like, I really had to like find my footing because theaters were shut down. People were doing a lot of this virtual theater and like virtual film work and, you know, um, voice work. And I just, it was hard to get down with for a little while. I was like, I don't know if I, I even like this, but I actually did a play. It was 2020 when I first moved there, it was this summer or maybe almost 2021. And uh, I, I didn't even think that was going to happen. I was reached out um, from a local company in DC that I had worked with online for something very, very small. And they reached back out and asked me to do this show outside uh, at a park in DC. And it was, it was beautiful. Um, but that was back in 2021. So it's been like two and a half years now since oh. I've actually been on stage and, and performed uh, in a play. And so, you know, coming back, like doing this full 360 and I mentioned to you uh, on September 1st, I like, left my full-time job. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I was just really adamant about getting back to what my purpose was. That felt 
uh, really important that I, I take the leap now because the reason I went back is be, went back to, you know, just full-time working is because I, I had to recover from the pandemic. I mean, we were paying off debt and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So this feels like I'm, now it just feels like I'm, I'm just coming home to what, where I've always supposed to be, you know, where I've always mm-hmm. supposed to have been. Um, and so coming back, even though I'm not sort of acting in this one, it feels really amazing, I think, to be on a different part of this work and working on a piece of theater. Uh, it's a Shakespeare show. It's called The Winner's Tale. Uh, and I'm working as, you know, on the direction team. And it's just really phenomenal to just to kind of come back to what you're supposed to be doing in life. Hopefully, I mean, that's what we all want is to come back to what we're supposed to be. Yeah. I noticed that, um, at least for myself, I always feel the best when I'm, you know, pursuing my act, my artistic, you know, pursuits in this case, it's usually acting, but like, um, yeah, whenever I find like, I feel either out of sorts or yeah, it's like, cause I was in the same situation, like during the pandemic, it was like, I had to find other work because work slowed down. And so being behind a desk is so different than being on the stage or, you know, being in front of a, a camera because, you know, I, I feel, and I know you feel the same way because you are, you know, such a great actor and it's, it's like in your bones the way it's in my bones. And it's like, I feel the most um, fulfilled when I'm pursuing that. And so it is, it's so nice to hear that you're able to, you know, come back to what you're so passionate about. Oh my God. Um, I love the way you said that. I love talking to artists. I love <laughs> I know. Seriously, it's so refreshing because I can, I don't know how, how it is for you. Like when you're in spaces with like non-artists or non like actors or just honestly non-creative people, like there is such a limiting mindset and I can like right off the bat, like when I'm in spaces with those folks, it's, it's like they're, I wouldn't say it's always a disconnect, but it feels like we're not speaking the same language in, in many regards. And there is this I think a li- sometimes a limited way of thinking and like what you can do in this world and how you can pursue it and what purpose is. It, it, it feels like I'm talking to a wall sometimes. So when I hear like other actors and artists say like, it's in your bones, I'm like, yes, it is in my bones. It's like, it's what has, it's, it's the path. It's the foundation that's created my business. It's like the foundation um, for why I move and think the way that I do is because we have that so ingrained in us. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's our whole identity. We can't separate ourselves and do other things. But I think during the pandemic, we did have to figure that out. Like Mm -hmm. I had to figure out what was my whole purpose? Like acting, I realized was a piece of it and an important piece, but it wasn't the whole thing. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what I discovered when I started my business. Yeah. And so now you have like a health and wellness business, right? That's what you're saying. And it's like, before we get into that, I wanted to like mention that I've watched your health, your sort of wellness journey um, over the past couple of years, like through Instagram and social media and whatnot. And and I, you have just done so well, like just amazing and so inspirational. You're always in the gym. You're always encouraging people to like take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I love that for you. And so you've turned that into a business, right? Yes. 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 It's so funny that you say that because that's exactly how it started. It started with me just saying like, how do we prioritize ourselves? Like, let's do it this way. Cause you know, I think I told you that I have an autoimmune disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I have Crohn's disease and you know, before I left North Carolina 
it was very active. It was still, I was still figuring out how to deal with it, how to manage it. Uh, a lot of doctors, you know, they really just wanted me to put be put on a bunch of steroids. And I was like, wait a minute, there's got to be another way. There can't, this can't be the only way to care for myself. And so from there, I just had to really figure it out because it was interrupting everything. It was interrupting me on stage. It was interrupting traveling. Oh, wow. It was really debilitating. So I, I just started doing my own research. That's how it started. Mm-hmm. And, and when I started doing that, I started to get a lot more autonomy over my own body, over my own health and well-being. And from there, I'm like, I, I just learned how to heal. I learned how to take care of myself really, really well and almost become my own best doctor for myself. Yeah. And so I was like, well, if I can do that, I can show other people how to do this same thing. And, and that's what really started it. And, and it, it happened, one, because acting was taken away from me, really, you know, like theater and, and film, like everything. Nobody knew how we were going to do this thing within this global pandemic. Oh, sure. No one, no one just no one knew. And so because it was so slow or if, or feeling non-existent, it was almost like the perfect time for me to build up this other part of what I'm supposed to be doing in the world. And I didn't know it, you know, acting, it fills my cup and that's, that's for me um, and for me to be able to share with the world. But I think my health and wellness business is my service and that yeah. merging those two things together uh, which like you were saying, like it's it's in the bones of the health and wellness business. I was able to like infuse those things together and be able to like give that. Like yeah. that was something I was able to give. So here I am out here doing the thing, <laughs> doing the thing full time. Well, working on doing the thing full time. It really kind of came about because your social media and that's, and you were doing a lot of um, kind of wellness uh, posting on that. And then it just sort of organically turned into your business. Yes. Like it's so strange too, because I was like, oh, I just want to tell people health tips. That's all. I'm going to be like a connoisseur and that's what I'll do. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then I was like, well, you could do more. You could do more, you know, if you wanted. And I was like, what if it was, you know, what if it was more? And I, it just like, it really grew from there. And I think it was because I didn't know how to do what I'm doing right now. Like Mm -hmm. I I didn't know how to start a business, where, like what, what were the um, makings and ingredients of being a business owner? Like, I just didn't know any of those things. And now I think, I, I moved past, um, first it started kind of with nutrition coaching, uh, because my autoimmune disease is an inflammatory condition. It really sits in my colon. So food was a main factor in like what, what was going in it was such a huge factor, which is why, um, you know, naturally it started with helping people figure out what are the things that are going to serve our bodies in terms of food. And then from there, I think what I realized, and this was the big thing, I realized that food and food ways were not the only impacts of our health. They were not the only things impact. It was a very big factor, but it wasn't the only one. The other things were like stress and environmental Mm -hmm. factors and labor um, and racism and like all these different things, um, especially for women and women of color. And so I was like, well, I have to be able to speak to the whole person. I can't just speak to food. I mean, you can, but knowing that the impacts and the determinants of health are greater than just food. 
I was like, I, you know, I want to stretch farther. That's, and so now I really, I really actually state um, and call myself a whole person health and wellness consultant um, just to, I think, really niche down for myself and for other people that I'm dealing with all of you, not just some of you. Uh, and, you know, from there, it, it grew even more and getting really clear about how I wanted to help and who I wanted to help and the messages that I wanted to put out there. Um, and that's where I am right now. Um, I actually just came back from a speaking intensive in Arizona with, with my coach and wow, it was phenomenal. It was really, it was a lot of work. <laughs> it was exhausting. Um, but just so when you're just working in your purpose and you're being yeah. creative, it's like, it feels so good, you know, like, yeah. Just, I love how, and I love how you said that it's not just food because I feel like, you know, obviously we could pinpoint the issues that we're all having with food, especially with as much pesticides that are in the food, all the the nutrients that are not in the food. However, you're right. It isn't just food. It's, it is environmental and um, we get triggered so much by the things in our environment, by the things that we experience, even like things from our childhood can trigger, you know, um, diseases later on in our life, if we haven't kind of resolved those issues. And the more and more I kind of learn about, you know, health and wellness and taking care of myself and, um, and the sort of holistic picture of everything, I realize how many things do affect us. And, and, you know, I'm glad you also mentioned that, you know, as women of color, like we do experience the world in it in in almost like a state of constant fight or flight you know and you know you could say that um or we could say that you know a lot of us are dealing with stresses in our lives but i feel like we get it the most and and uh, and that's for you know variety of reasons and so that's why they you know they say especially the american you know for um you know women of color in america they say that um women have the most health issues and it's like you wonder why you know like yeah. there's so many triggering things that are that are um affecting us and it's clearly showing up in our bodies and our health and our you know and uh, you're preaching to the choir over here you like like, yeah, you know, I, sometimes I, I really pray that people begin to have that level of understanding that we, there, there is like a slight awareness that like, yes, things impact me, but a lot of times we do think it's just like, oh, well, I don't exercise and I need to eat right. Now those are very big things. Like, yeah, you move your body. No one's saying that you need to, you know, um, be a, a fitness, like, trainer, like don't, you know, become one, um, or be like, um, married to the gym, but there is something about stretching your body. Uh, there is something about taking time to walk or be in nature. Like those things. Yes, they are. Those are positive impacts on our health expression. But when we take it for granted uh, and we think like, oh, well, I, I mean, I'm well, I'm healthy, I'm well, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I don't I don't really need to do anything. I mean, our bodies don't necessarily have to show symptoms of something to know that they're in dis-ease. Yes. Like that that's not, those aren't always, uh, it's not always a straight, you know, equation like that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our bodies build up stress and trauma that are never released because trauma lives in our body, lives in our DNA. Yep. And then- you know, 10 years down the line, somebody has a stroke and we're like, whoa, I never saw that coming. 
Like I didn't, well, whoa, what happened? And we're always like, I thought they were pretty, you know, well, I thought they were, oh, it's like, we never know what's happening inside the body, especially if we're not proactive about it, you know? So we don't wait for something to be wrong for us to be able to care for ourselves. And for me, I just got tired of band-aids. I got tired Mm -hmm. of like someone throwing a medication at me and, and saying like, you know, here, you know, you'll be fine. <laughs> like go, but I wasn't fine. I wasn't well, I wasn't healthy. Um, I was upset all the time. I was still experiencing flare-ups even when I was on medication. So it, it was just kind of understanding how the, how system works, how the system works in terms of medication and, um, systemic issues that are going on, um, around the world. And it, you know, you just become so enlightened about the issues and and, and where you can fit in, like where yeah. do you fit in, in terms of folks healing process and what people need more of, um, in their lives. So yeah. that's where I like jumped in and I'm like, I can be a part of that. Like, yeah. and, and I mean about that purpose. It's, it was like, it became so great. So I just see it as refilling my cup as an actor um, and utilizing that as the foundation and the creativity um, that sits at the forefront of my business is how it allows it to grow. But people are trying to make you change out here all the time, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Girl, you don't have to tell me. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they want, uh, you know, it's like uh, society wants to pigeonhole everyone into their own little idea of what we all should be. And we, I feel like we're in that point where we're all breaking out and we're like, no, I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm living my purpose. You know? And it's, uh, it's great, you know, because it's sort of like, we're sort of unleashing the floodgates of creativity and it's coming, it's manifesting in these amazing ways. <laughs> you better be a podcast unleashing the, flo- what is Unleashing the floodgates of creativity. Is that what you said? Yeah. Unleashing, you better, are you sure you're not a speaker? Like, come on. Like, like, please. Like, this is amazing. Hey, I I get inspired when I talk to amazing artists like you. Um, But um, yeah, I mean, but you know, this is what I was going to say before, like we had our little uh, electronic glitch. Um, You know, I feel like, you know, for for you, you've, you've discovered your sort of, uh, purpose in pursuing health and wellness through acting in a sense, or at least you sort of, um, were able to use the acting foundation to sort of propel you into this. And I found that that's what I'm am finding as well, because I, you know, for the longest time, I just wanted to be an actor, but like now the more I'm sort of open, uh, open to d- pursuing different forms of creativity, it is coming out in other ways, you know? And, um, yeah. And so mine is coming at more, more so coming out in writing. I've always been a writer, but it's like really coming out in, in writing now. And, you know, obviously this podcast kind of came about as well. Um, but like acting in that sort of, um, creative, uh, expression foundation is always the foundation, but it's helping to sort of like birth these new ways of, uh, reaching people and, and having other people be able to, um, maybe st- um, stop these blockages that we all have, you know, um, which cause illnesses in our lives, you know? And so I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm essentially saying that like for us as creatives, as artists, we're able to use our art to open the doors to other means of self-expression. If that means. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. 
But I'm I'm not even kidding, Nicole. But like when I feel like when I speak this way, when I was talking about sometimes I feel like I'm talking to a wall and you're not understanding what I'm saying. It's because the things that you're saying are the things that I'm that I say in rooms with other non artists or creatives or whatever. And it's like. Like it's sort of like crickets or like, huh, or like what? And I'm like, it's so interesting to see how little and how um how socialized we are yes. to, to like we're, we're so socialized to work and live and pursue in certain ways because this is the way that we've been taught uh in our environment you know in our, our social settings in school we're taught to grow up to you know you go to school you work for someone for 40 years you retire, you get your pension, you may have some grandkids one day. And then like, you know, that's how you live your life. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like that's that. Like, I don't want that. Yeah. Like, I feel, I don't know if it's our generation. We're like the stubborn generation. And we're like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, why? I don't want, I mean, it's, that's why I'm like, I just couldn't even. Mm -hmm. So when you speak to people and you say like, you at least insinuate like, Hey guys, there's more. And then you see that sort of like, yeah, that sort of glossed over look in people. Yeah. And and I would say it shows up in in different ways because, um, you know, as I'm growing, you know, my business, like there's things that I have to do that may sit in these traditional worlds. Like there's a traditional way of marketing. There's a traditional way of messaging, uh, there's a traditional way of of running your business depending on what kind of business you have. And I'm like, well, my artistry sits at the foundation of the work. The creativity sits at the foundation of the work. So how I advertise or reach people or uh, get in the room with people in terms of like, you know, my marketing, it's not going to look a traditional way. And I don't really have a traditional business. Like I'm not here to tell people like, you know, don't eat fried foods and get more dark leafy greens, like tiny bit. Right. Yeah. But there, there's so much more that I'm working with women to do to get out of their own way. And that part of that is releasing trauma. How do we release trauma? That absolutely comes from a lot of my artistic principles and technique. Like yes. releasing trauma has to get in touch with you have to re-get in touch with your body. How many people you walk around here? I'm like, it's go, go, go. Yep. Um, you, you know, you, you get things done, you get your checklists, you know, you all checked off. It's like, we are so disconnected from each other, the world, and especially our bodies. So yes. when I talk about releasing trauma, like that, that's not like some scientific method, like in a book that comes from like real, um, embodiment, embodied work that has to happen and reconnecting with self. So that is what I'm going to share when I talk about what my business is. And like that may uh, come in a different package when I'm marketing or talking to people about who it is that I am and what I do. And so I'm I, I bump up against folks who are like, oh, well, you, you got to, you know, niche yourself down and do this or you got to um, make sure you have one focus on, I'm like, well, that's just not the way it is though. Yeah, That's not the way it, and it's also not in line with what I'm trying to do. So yeah. it's just like, and then because it's different, it's wrong. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's different. It's wrong. 
And because it's people just don't understand it. And because they haven't had the sort of schooling and the and the um the teachings that we have as artists, you know, because you're right, you do have to get in touch with your body. And and that's one of the the things that well, that's one of the main things you learn as an actor. You learn how to be in your body and be in your and have your body in the space around you. And you have to get in touch with that aspect of yourself. And you're you are so right. I just love everything you said because people are walking around here completely out of touch with their own bodies. You know, a lot of times people are just walking around like glued to their phone, head down in a zone and they don't know what's going on. And then, yeah, a a couple months later, an illness pops up and they're like, I don't know why I'm feeling, you know, why I can't sleep or why I have all these issues. And it's like, well, let's, let's rewind. Let's figure out what it is that you're not either getting in touch with or something that you are overexposed to even. Um, And, you know, as you were speaking, it just made me think about um, you know, cause I, I've studied different practices, different, uh, wellness and health practices as well. And, um, one of the, one of the medicine kind of traditions that I really like and gravitate towards is, uh, Chinese medicine and in Chinese medicine, they said they, when they are, you know, when they have uh, patients that come to them that have cancer, they, they don't just look and diagnose the actual tumor. They ask, so what else is happening in your life? They say, what other stresses do you have? Because they consider the actual tumor, a, um, a sort of representation of the stress from your life. They don't say it's just this thing that just appeared. They, it's all, it's a holistic aspect that they take. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so they are fully aware that when you're diagnosing a problem, you have to diagnose the entire aspect of the individual. And that does include, you know, what is it that you are um, restricting in your life? What is it that you have not gotten in touch with? So yeah, the the foundations, the acting foundations that you have are going to be brilliant when you move forward with this, because you're going to be able to very, you know, very succinctly teach people how to get in touch with their bodies and how to recognize a flare up. Like you are able to do so. A lot of people cannot even recognize a flare up, you know, until it's way too late. Until it's way too late. Yeah. Or like, it's, you know, until it's like fully manifested, you know? Oh yeah. Into something else. Or there's like, cause there's a lot of times where I hear, especially women, they'll say like, oh, I have multiple autoimmune issues. Like I have multiple like diseases, diseases or chronic issues. Like I get chronic migraines. Um, I have, I have back pain. And so like in Western medicine, people are treating the symptoms. Yes. They're like, we're chasing symptoms and they're like, there's a pill for your migraine. There's a pill for your back. I'm like, your body is an ecosystem. It's yes. one whole ecosystem that all interconnects and works together. Everything is connected in some way to the other thing. So in what you were saying in Chinese medicine, like they talk a lot about energy um, and blood flow. Yeah. Uh, acupuncture is a part of my practice too. So oh, wow. Great. when you think about like something being off balance with something else, that means it needs to be reconnected. We need to, we, we want to, we want our bodies to work in harmony uh, so that they're functioning optimally, but we, we don't really look at that. I think it's, it really, it's really interesting to me to hear a lot of Western medicine practitioners think that it's, they use the word radical or it's, it's non-traditional yeah. when our ancestors, all they did was use herbs. Yes. Yeah. So really what's non-traditional is Western medicine. Yeah. We didn't always have like, uh, Flyzine, I'm making it. <laughs> flyzine. Like, like I hear, yeah. but it's you know what you hear on the like on the on the commercials and it's talking about treating like your diabetes or whatever it is, and then it's like take Prozac or Prozine, <laughs> like 
Symptoms may include headache, nausea, diarrhea, this, or death. <laughs> or and death. I'm like, what? <laughs> it says, or death. And yes. I'm like, We're advertising this as something for people to take. Yeah. And like, that's what I mean about a band aid. It's, it's mm-hmm. ultimately a band aid and it treats one thing, but it actually disrupts a lot of other things. Yeah. So you, you might even end up like dealing with like insulin sensitivity or a high blood pressure or something. But in and the result is something else is off balance because you're treating this one thing, but you're not really healing it. You're just yep. treating it. You're managing mm-hmm. it. So I, it, it's, I guess it is somewhat radical to talk about it in this way because they're like, you're like, what, what? Yeah, Cause, cause everyone's so used to it. You know, yeah. I'm so, I'm, I'm glad we're having this, this discussion because I was actually planning on doing an entire podcast episode on this topic, specifically pertaining to the show dope sick that I was in. But since I'm actually talking to you, another actor on this subject, I do kind of want to bring it up because, you know, shows like dope sick really highlight how the pharmaceutical industry for so long has taken advantage of patients by lying to them and selling them the, the idea that they can cure whatever illness and you know what I'm saying? And then as in capitalizing off of that, which in turn makes uh, people addicted to the products or it doesn't actually cure the product or it gives them another issue that they can sell a pill to. So there's this, there's a reason why, you know, these industries, especially the the medical industry is a trillion dollar industry, you know? And it's like, and they, I feel like they, they are, they, the ones that run this, run these industries, they don't use Western traditional medicine. They use Chinese medicine doctors, you know, they use Ayurvedic medicine to heal themselves. They use holistic practitioners as their, as their go-to. We're talking like the CEOs now, but they sell the products to the layman, you know, to the regular people and sell them as, oh, this will cure your diabetes. This will cure your restless leg syndrome. This will cure your back pain. And as a result, they get these, um, they get these patients hooked on their, um, you know, hooked on their, um, product. And then it could cause a whole host of other issues. So I was so thankful to have been able to be, if, if that is the only t- television that I ever do in my life, I still will be, feel so fortunate to have been able to be a part of that because it sparked a discussion about um, the pharmaceutical industry and about how um, particularly uh, the, um, oh my gosh, I'm bl- the sat the Sackler. How, how particularly the Sacklers, you know, basically capitalized off of people's pain and misfortune and a lot of times death, you know, and addiction to these pills. And so, so it's, it's so, so, it's so it's amazing being able to talk to you, an artist, you know, because I feel like, well, you're using your artist artistry and your sort of foundations of artistry to build a holistic, um, uh, business, but in uh, other ways that we can use our artistry is to tell the truth about these big, huge medical establishments, which is what Dope Sick did. And so yeah. it's just like I'm. I really hope that more projects like this come about. That I well, that I get to be a part of, but just more stories that are told um, about these issues because it's pervasive in our society. Our society is sick. It's it's perpetually sick and we need to stop this. This is, it doesn't make sense for us to be like this. It doesn't, it doesn't make any, it's so funny. I said that like earlier, as I was listening to actually Amanda Seals podcast, her one um, small doses. And she was talking about what it was. This one was like small doses, the side effects of being broke. 
And I just think about like the amount of financial distress and disruption trying to pouring money into the pharmaceutical industry because you need these medications. You believe that you need these medications to help your body on a day-to-day basis. Some of these medications are thousands of dollars. Right. Like, I mean, like I just, I can't even, I mean, they're the, they're the cost of a rent payment, a mortgage payment. And I'm like, there are people who are still living in poverty. There are people who are living in poverty. There are people, it was, it was great that she broke it down because a lot of us consider ourselves broke. We'll say that a lot um, or say like, oh my God, I'm so poor. But no, there are people who are poor um, and this idea of like that systemic inability to take care of your home and yourself. And then where you might be in this situation where you're constantly having no money. Um, and it feels, per- it feels very pervasive because it, it feels so consistent. Um, and just kind of recognizing where you sit on that spectrum, because there are people who just chronically cannot take care of themselves. And so I'm like, wow, what a time we're in where there's like, there's trillion dollar industries where people are like making all this money. And then there's still a person on the side of the road who has no home. I, I don't understand when you're like, I don't understand how that, I, I don't understand how people are so sick yeah. when we have millions of ways that we could help people heal mm-hmm. and, and why there are people living on the street when there's millions of ways that we could help people live. Yeah. So, the disparity, guys- the disparity is gross. It's like, if it's sickening and gross when you really think about how some people are literal trillionaires, you know, if that's, you know, that, they're mega billionaires is what we said. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there are people, yeah, exactly what you just said that are homeless and can't pay their bills and can't pay their, pay their medical bills and are, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And it's like, huh, yeah, how do we get, to, you know, I actually, uh, was watching something on Instagram, not too, not too long ago. I think it was like last week. And it was saying that we are actually right now in 2023, we are in a worse financial depression than the actual depression. And the reason why, yeah, the reason why is because they said that the average home in, you know, the 1920s, right. So during the actual depression was maybe, um, $10,000 and the average income was around a thousand dollars. The average car costs like $600, you know, so, and so the average income was about, you know, $1,200, right. A year. Now the average home is $400,000. The average car is $60,000 and the average income is like $70,000 or something like that, or $80,000. We are literally in a worse depression than the actual depression. And, and I think the people, the governments, I think they know this and they're covering it up and they're keeping everyone so distracted and keeping mm-hmm. everyone sick because when people are sick, they can't focus on anything other than getting better, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. It, the distractions are outrageous. Yeah. What we're distracted by, what the, I mean, that's why there's like so much technology. When you start putting everything together, it's like, that's why there's so much technology. We're always getting like excited about the new gadgets coming out, AI, it's like the strike is absolutely real and I support it, but it's another distraction, right? It's another mm-hmm. distraction, but it is highlighting something really important, uh, you know, which is there is still such a huge, like people are disenfranchised. Like people are being pushed to the margins of society and told survive, 
go yeah. fend for yourself and figure it out. And I'm like, people just want to be paid what they're worth, really. Yeah. That's all that people are asking for. And your trillion dollar self, you <laughs> mega billionaires, you don't have to have that much money and not give it away. Right. Like, like what is wrong with you? You're are you that power hungry? Right. To be, like, are you that self-absorbed and self-minded? Like you know empathy. I just, I just wonder, like, what is going on in your mind that you cannot give? It's like, like um, I've been trying to figure this out too. It's like extreme greed or narcissism, or I, I'm I'm willing to even go on the spiritual route and say that this is like some evil dark energy that's oh, like yeah. just taken over. And I mean, that's a whole other conversation. I know, right? It's like a whole other podcast. Can I be your guest on your? Yeah, yeah. But um, well, I I wanted to also get back to um, you know, you had mentioned to me that um, you know, grief played a big part in um, you kind of starting this uh wellness company as well. And so, did you want to maybe touch on that and how that yeah. was, how that kind of impact, impacted you? Well, I would say so. I I registered my business in twenty December twenty twenty one. So I'm I'm getting to two years fully. Uh, this December. And one year into my business, um, my dad had passed. Uh, my He passed in September of last year. Uh, and he actually had heart disease. Uh, he had congestive heart failure. And, you know, I was just thinking about, you know, we were talking about this medication because, you know, I remember talking to him and he was like really struggling to make his, to get his medication for his heart because it was $2,000. Uh, it was $2,000 a month to have this medication. And um, it was, it was, uh, he was sort of in this generally unwell place because he lived alone. He lived, you know, in, uh, in Florida by himself because my parents had actually gotten a divorce before then. Um, we didn't know what was going on. And so he kept a lot from us. And part of me, like, I, I think looking back on this, I see why um, I don't, he doesn't like a lot of people worrying. Um, I don't like a lot of people worrying. So there's a part of me that like, that can get it on a different level now, but we were getting ready to go see him. And he had come out of the hospital because he was doing, he wasn't doing well. And he, he also had gout. So his, his body got, would swell a lot with fluid. Um, but he, it was sort of unexpected because we didn't know how bad it was that how, how bad he was doing. And it, it really spiraled, you know, and I was, that was still, and was with my job, uh, full-time job in DC. And it was so enlightening to see the impact of grief, but also the response to grief around me. And it was, it was like really eye-opening to experience such a lack of empathy. Mm. And I, I was like, is, is death routine now? You know, right. is it, it's so routine that it's like, you know, you take your 10 days and then you come back. Right. And I'm like, I actually can't do that. Mm -hmm. The 10 days were because I had to get affairs in order and they weren't even fully done. You know, my sister and I had to do a lot of work. 
Uh, we had to go clean out his place, his condo in, uh, in Florida. Um, he lived in Michigan, so he's being buried in Michigan. That's where his family was, but he lived in Florida. My sister lives in North Carolina. Um, she lived in North Carolina. She lives in Atlanta now. I lived in Baltimore. Um, we were also caregiving for my husband's mom. So she lived with us. She was wheelchair bound. So there was a lot. I mean, there were so many things happening at that time that when those 10 days were up, that was only the very beginning. Wow. So by the time I was going back to work, I, I I mean, I was sitting in my office. I'm like, you could finally like realize what is actually going on yeah. because that's just human nature for us to have to deal with what's in front of you and get things right. done. And then it all out. And then it's like sinking in. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was such a period of time. Like I, I didn't even know what I, I didn't know what I was feeling. I had never experienced that amount of grief in that way and finding out the way that I did. And I was just, I was physically exhausted. Sometimes like I would just have this extreme brain fog. Like I didn't, I didn't know what time it was. Time didn't really seem mm-hmm. like a concept at all. And I actually went on leave. I went on leave from my job. Uh, it was really three months. And then you know, from a series of circumstances, I ended up taking six months. Um, and it maybe just wasn't time for me to go to return yet. And, but during that time, during that rest, there was just so much revelation, Hmm. uh, which is what happens when you rest. I I read Trisha Hersey's book. I don't know if you've heard of that rest is resistance. Oh, cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. Got to. Um, and it was just talking about labor, (laughs) labor and time and, not owing anyone anything. And I really got to sit with myself. I got to grieve and grieving is healing. It mm-hmm. is. Uh, and, and sit with, uh, sit with the impact and, and I think allow it to manifest in, in the body the way that it did, because I, I didn't want to people, I didn't want to show up. I didn't want to be in public. There was just, there was a lot of that going on and see, I hate feeling bad. So I think what I was doing in the beginning, I was fighting the grief because yeah. I didn't want to feel the way it was making me feel, which is like isolated and being by myself and not wanting to talk to people. And because I was spending so much time fighting that in the beginning, I didn't allow myself to just feel it. That it was okay. That I didn't have to show up for anybody. That I could just rest. Um, that I could pray. That I could meditate. Uh, and I could take care of my body. Um, I remember I had lost some weight too. Like it was, it was strange, and I didn't know that that was happening um, because moving my body is pretty natural for me. But I think it was just like my appetite had changed. But I didn't recognize my appetite had changed, and I wasn't really hungry. So I was working out and not really eating a lot. And then I was like losing some weight, and it wasn't in the best way. So. I I kind of had to just be with all of that, like go through the motions. And because of that, I needed time uh, and time away from capitalism, (laughs) really away from capitalism. And I really, I did, I got that time and grief is ever changing, you Mm -hmm. know, moves through you in, in different ways. So it sits at a different place now um, especially being at this one year mark, uh, this year, it, um, it bubbled up in a different way and it, and it still does. It'll still catch me off guard, but I think that's just what it does. It, it lives somewhere else than it did, uh, last year and even, you know, five months ago. So, yeah. um, but it also has shown me why rest and why teaching women and liberating them 
from these burnout modes of operation that we live in and this status quo community that we have like ingrained in ourselves, it helps me even more and propels me even more to help them get out of that. Mm. So I'm, wow. I'm grateful for the, the revelation and the, um, the lived experience uh, from that. And, you know, it, it's moved me into where I am right now. Amazing. Oh, I love hearing that. And I'm so glad that you've healed and you're able to help other other people and other women heal as well. So since on that note, you know, why don't you tell everyone um, how they can reach you and um, yeah, and, and what's to come? Amazing. Well, you can absolutely follow me um, on Instagram at T Whitney Rise. Uh, that's my handle. I'm on Twitter as well, T Whitney Rise. And clearly, uh, my name is <laughs> my name is a thing. So um, just look for T Whitney and Risen. Same thing on on LinkedIn. Um, my first name is hyphenated, so my first name is Tara Whitney. Um, and also my website. Please visit my website just to see what I'm up to. Um, You'll see a lot of the health and wellness work as well as what I'm up to uh, in the acting world, uh, tarawhitneybrand.com. So Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> we'll check her out. And please also make sure to check out my website. It's nicoleburgessmarsh.com. And you can find my book, links to all of my jewelry, my socials, and uh, all my affiliates. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Tara, thank you for joining me. I love talking mm -hmm. to you. It's the best. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll see you next time. So thanks so much. Bye.